Welcome to another episode of the Dion Mingo Podcast, a podcast where you learn about high school basketball, college basketball, and some type of pro basketball in the state of New Jersey. Um, remember, young hoopers out there, if you can shoot. Today, I got a guy that uh, that I coach when I first got into my second college assistant job back in 2012, 2013. Um, at Rutgers Newark, and uh, I got a chance to – I only got a chance, sadly, just to coach him for a year. And, um, it, you know, he was – he did some – it didn't work out for him at Rutgers Newark, so he made he made some moves, and uh, it all worked out for him in the end. Um, good guy, nice kid, you know, he's growing well, doing well with his basketball venture. Um, always been one of my uh, – one of the most reserved guys that I know. He, he talks really slow, you know, he moves at his own pace, but that's that's the way the way he is, his game. And once he realized that, you know, he he can play, it became, you know, he put it all together, it all worked out for him. Uh ladies and gentlemen, Josh Treadwell. Josh, say what's up, man. What's going on? How are you? I'm good. I'm good, brother. How's everything? How you doing in the pandemic? Everything is good. Um, you know, my uh, my father just recovered from the COVID nineteen, and uh, he's back to normal now. So, you know, it's it's a blessing to uh, you know, see him walking and talking and being able mm-hmm. to do things. You know, again. So, you know, but other than that, everything is great. Yeah, that's good to hear, man. You know, I uh, I think COVID nineteen has affected you know people in everyone, you know, as a family member or something along the lines, you know, so right. it's good to hear that he's doing well. Uh, so we're going to jump right into it, man. You know, so my first year at Rutgers Newark, <laughs> Josh was a freshman <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and he, you know, he wasn't shy. I just think that was his personality. I just think he was a, you know, reserved kid and he was just waiting for his chance and, you know, I thought he w- he should have been a little bit more vocal and more uh, aggressive, but that's right. that's not his personality. You know, that's that's the way he is. And uh, I got a chance to coach him. You know, it was fun. Talent was always there. The the skill set. Uh, I just think me personally, you know, I'm just I just thought the confidence wasn't all there, and that kind of right. held him back his uh, freshman year a little bit. Just talk about that that year at Rutgers North how it was coming from Marist High School and going to a D3 and, you know, just the, the transition, the game speed, the practices, the classes, living on campus. I didn't th- Actually, I didn't think you lived on campus. You were commuting, right? Nah, yeah, I was commuting. So just talk about how that first year was and, and you know, how you um, transitioned from high school to college. Okay, so my first year at Rutgers North was very, very challenging for me. Um you know, after I graduated Marist, I actually did a fifth year. I went to a prep school. Okay. And um, you know, it was it was uh it was like hard life there because I was on a team with a whole bunch of kids from New York who uh it was just like you can't tell them nothing. Mm-hmm. And like everything just resorted into like fights and you know, I was getting recruited by some schools, but then they ended up backing out just off of the the uh the little scandal that happened the year before I went there when there was about seven or eight kids who who deemed ineligible mm-hmm. 
to uh, play Division One. So uh, that year was kind of like a, a waste of time, to say the least. But um, transitioning from there to college was it was just another hard year for me, just mm-hmm. off of the fact that I was uh, commuting. I was living in Edison at the time. And, you know, the traffic going down to North is uh, really crazy. So I used to have like this 830 class and I will always, always be late. (laughs) I was always late. And, um, you know, what really saved me in that class was just the fact that I was on the basketball team. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, but but it was it was cool. It was a good experience, though, because it was, you know, I, I met some great people there. You know that I still talk to mm-hmm. um, to this day. It's it's some great coaches, and um, you know it's just unfortunate that it you know it, it had to end that way. Yeah, it was yeah. just a lot of it was just a lot of uh, situation. It was just a lot of things that I was going through that year, mm-hmm. and um, you know me being there, I felt like I was able to like I was. I was talented enough to play at the highest level possible. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I was always friends with a lot of kids who played Division One, and I'm just like, all right, well, I mean, if they can, if they can do it, and so can I. You know, this is just a little setback. So um, from then and there, I was just like, all right, well, you know, I I kind of know what I want to do, but I just have to figure out how I'm gonna do it. Right. So when you 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 would say it was challenging academically also or just with the basketball aspect or both? Oh, uh, academically, yes, of course. That school is much harder than I thought. <laughs> I had <laughs> I had this one English teacher. Um, I forgot his name, but he he was just like the probably the most complicated uh teacher that I ever had. So like I knew from there on out I was gonna fail that class. Uh-huh. And, um, but everything, every other, um, class was like, okay, I know as far as academic wise, um, I took a year off from like me when I was in a prep school Mm -hmm. because I already had my high school diploma. So I, all I had to do was just get my SAT scores. Oh, right. So when I was in prep school, I ain't have to be at school till two o'clock in the afternoon. By then everybody is like getting ready to leave. And we mm-hmm. would just sit in there and do nothing for about two, three hours, and then we go practice for the rest of the night. So, gotcha. you know, not doing no, not doing no work and having to bounce back into it was also difficult, especially going from not doing anything at all to going right. to one of the most prestigious colleges in the world. So. Mm-hmm. That's important, man. Like, see, I I didn't know that. I didn't know. I'm I'm thinking. Cause I didn't recruit you. I had just got there. So, yeah. and you know, they were like, Oh, we got the kid from uh, Maris or whatever, but I didn't know that you took a year off academically. That gotta be tough to transition him back to Rutgers. You know, it's not like you're going to a junior college, you know what I mean? Right, you go exactly. into, you go into Rutgers, like you said, one of the most prestigious academic institution in the country, you know what yes. I mean? So that was tough for you, but, you, it, it all worked out, man. You know, I, you know, you, you, you're looking, you're looking at it now like, oh, it was hard or whatever. That's part of your journey. You know what I'm saying? That's exactly. what made you. That's what made you. That's what put you where you are today. But as far as like the coaches, you know, I know you said something about the coaches. You know, you know, what's your thoughts on um, the coaching staff that at Rutgers? You know, Coach Lochran. I, I, I worked for him. He was a good guy. You know, he always speak highly of you. 
he was very, very, like, not pissed, but he was just hurt. Not, yeah, hurt that you left because he was like, he knew, like, damn, I should have, you know what I mean? We should have played him more or something like that. Because we had a, we had a very uh, veteran team that year, remember? Yeah, we exactly. had Aldon, we had Doze, oh, we yeah. had Patin, we had Mark. Chris Garcia, we got Mark, mm-hmm. you had um, Hussein, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So it was hard for a freshman to t- kind of crack the lineup. Vic was there also with you, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, you know, did, did Coach Locker recruit you or was it just Billy or Kurt? Um, Billy recruited me from mm-hmm. uh, Maris. Got you. But I... Um, I love the uh, entire coaching staff. Yeah. Um, for me, it was just, like you said, it was just hard to crack the line in the starting lineup. And um, from my perspective, I felt like I was just as good as them, but yeah. I wasn't I wasn't getting my chances. Mm-hmm. So instead of, instead of uh, thinking that, okay, I'm just a freshman, I should play. I mean, you know, I should just sit back and wait my turn. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be where, like, I would get – a, a significant amount of time on the floor and especially like with my brother playing at Ramapo and we play right. them and stuff and then that's always a conversation after the game so it was just like <laughs> you know <laughs> you know they're like we'll, we'll we'll lose to them and stuff and then like I'll talk to Stefan after the game and he's just like yeah man like you know it, w- what's going on is there something that you're not doing and like you know, any kid would just be like, oh, the coach don't like me. I, I couldn't mm-hmm. say that because I know, like, the coach, I yeah. know the coaching staff loved yeah. me. It was just, yes. like, a different, yes. it was just a different situation that I was in that I've I've never been in personally. Right. So it was just something that I had to adjust to. And that's awareness for you to know that. You know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of young kids don't know that. And you said it. A lot of kids would have been like, first thing, coaches don't like me. I got to get out of here, whatever the case is. But exactly. we all we all was, you know, a big Josh Trewell fan. And we was constantly in that room, like, yo, we gotta get Trewell in, but you know, we got another guy. <sighs> he was here before, and then Aldon was coming off the bench, so it was kind of right. hard. Yeah, and exactly. Al shout out to Aldon, even though you know I'm trying to get him on, but he all nervous and scared. <laughs> you know, you know, we we'll get him on someday though. All right. So when you um the season I actually hold on. I actually remember, and I know you remember this game. Stevens was it Stevens that you had a good game? Yeah, and I dunked yeah. on two. Of the, <laughs> I, I had to dunk on two because uh, I got the steal. Yes, I'm yes. still trying to find that footage. <laughs> yeah, and and we was like, yo, he got the talent. You know what I'm saying? He got the the skills, but it's just the situation wasn't right. And that's something that happens to a lot of kids, not just you or you know, a kid playing at Division three or whatever. It happens to kids that are playing at the Division one level, you know what I mean? They right. get into certain situations, and it's not that the coaches don't like them. It's just the situation ain't right. right. You know what exactly. I mean? Right. So fast forward a little bit, you know, season ends, and I get a call, and they're like, Josh is transferred. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm thinking, you know, like when, you know, when, when someone say, you know, like, oh, Josh, you know, a kid is transferring from a D3. I'm thinking you're going to another D3. You know what I'm saying? Or you're going to a D2 or something like that. You know what I mean? Right. So we talked and it was just like, nah, he's going to Essex County College. So that kind of threw me for a loop a little bit because I'm like, why would he go from there to, um, Essex, County. to Essex County? 
But, you know, sit back, he thought about it, like, you know, he wants to play Division One, And I'm like, you know, we thought about it, like, yo, if he really do what he needs to do, he can be a Division One player, you know. So just talk about that experience transferring. I think you, you play for Coach Lowry, right? Yeah. Yeah, so just talk about that experience, you know, how your family has some input in it. What, what what was the ultimate decision? Was it a hard decision, or you already had your mind made up? Like yo, I gotta I gotta do what's best for me. Okay, so I always when I when I talk about this situation, I always would say that this situation that I've been in really determines if I really wanted it or not. So right um, after the season, I uh, you know I but like during the season, I was telling Raheem because I used to hang out with Raheem and yes. Uh, Bunch. Vic, yes. Yeah, Vic and Dave. I you know, I still talk to him to this day. And um I used to always tell him just like, yeah, you know, uh I think I'm gonna just go I'm I think I'm just transferring because like at this point I'm not playing and uh I feel like I should be playing at a higher level because near prep when I when I went to prep school, you know, mm-hmm. I was playing against some of the best kids in the country and I was playing well during that year. So I'm just like all right, well, you know, that that kind of gave me, like, the confidence that I really needed. So, um, you know, back to Rutgers North, um, you know, I was telling that I was leaving, and uh, I ended up leaving. So that summer, uh, I had no clue what, where I was going to go, go. Like, right. I didn't I – didn't, I never heard of Essex County having, like, a great basketball program, or mm-hmm. uh, I never heard of, like, Coach Larry or any of them. So how I found out was – um, you know, Ed Butler has those camps. Yes, EKB. And, uh, yeah, the EKB camps. And uh, I remember one day I was calling Ed, and me and Ed spoke for about an hour, and he was pretty much just telling me, like, yeah, man, like, you know, since Maris, you you know, you've always been a good player, and you went to near prep. So he was just like, all right, well, um, I'm going I'm to get you into this camp. But this is when they were having it at uh, West Orange High School instead yes. of – um, Elizabeth High School now, but um, when I went there, and I think I played about two games, and this when I met Coach Ray, and Coach right. Ray was right. asking me, like, you know, uh, what, what school are you coming from? Like, who are you? Things like that. And I told him from Rutgers North, and he was like, oh, well, you know, that's that's where he graduated from. Mm-hmm. So um, he was like, all right, well, you know, Essex County, we're having open gyms. Like, just stop by to play. And I came there and I played well and they were big on me. So they wanted me to, they wanted me to stay there, but uh-huh. they said that I would have to sit out, you know, being the transfer rules was still right. in effect. So, um, uh, while it, you know, like the whole summer I was just with them all the time. And, uh, coach Ray and coach Larry was just giving me a rundown, like the history of Essex County, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Dion was there. Uh, Deion Rogers, uh, Jordan, Rashid was there. Um, and they were pretty much just helping me, like, through the uh, whole process of trying to get into the school and, you know, what I can get out of the school. Right. So um, that first year, it was just, like, um, it was it was, it was was good. I ended up committing there, but uh, I didn't have a scholarship the first year, right. so I was paying out of pocket. So, um I was I was going there and I was on a practice squad and I was a cameraman too. I was also the wow. water boy. Yeah, wow. I was the water boy too. And wow. uh, they had me in like these classes that didn't count just so I could have my eligibility. 
for the mm-hmm. next year. And the next the next year, my last year there, when I finally was able to play, because I only played one year at Essex County. Gotcha. And, um, you know, throughout the whole time, I was uh, in contact with uh, the coach from Coppin, mm-hmm. um, uh, St. Peter's, uh, Duquesne, when Coach Frey was there. And uh, it was another school. I forgot what the other school was, but they were like still in contact with me. So then I ended up going to Coppin because um, everybody on the team was a senior. So I feel like it was just a good situation. For situation for you to roll right into it. Right, exactly. Right. So um, I ended up committing there before uh, the season started. So um, this is part two of if I really wanted it. Right. So um, I committed, but you know, with with a junior college rules, you have to graduate on time with a two point right. five or higher. Right. So um, when I was at Rutgers North, I was undecided, so I was just taking random classes. So then when I was at Essex County, I had to graduate in one year. So you had to speed uh, things up. Right, exactly. So my fall, the fall semester, I took seven classes. Seven? But, yes. I was, I had a, <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. But like, that's what I'm saying. It's part two. Like if I really wanted it. Right. So my, my, my um, fall, the fall semester, I took seven classes. Winter, I took two. Um, springtime, I took, I think I took eight. Like I was, I was, wow. I was, I was running to like it. I used to be so back and forth in that school. I had to run to the um, administrators so they can, uh, um, they could allow me to take more credits. Like I had to tell them, just like yeah, you know, I'm a Division One recruit. Like uh, I have to graduate in time, and they just like, oh well, are you sure you're going to be able to pass all these classes? And I'm just like, honestly, I don't know, but you know, right. foot on the line, here I go. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I was taking that. I took yeah, about seven, eight classes in the spring, and I took four in the summer. So I I never really had like a any free time, mm-hmm. and um, it was also hard too because you know you you're trying to get all those classes in, and then you're trying to uh, work practice. out. Yeah, you trying to work yeah. out and practice too. So um, somehow, some way, I made it happen. And once the summertime came, uh, I stopped hearing from Coppin. And, really? Uh, yeah. Uh, one of the one of the uh, guys on the team hit me up random and was just like, "Oh, yeah, you know, I heard you decommitted from cop." And I'm just like, "Well, what are you talking about?" So then I ended up calling the my assistant coach at the time who was recruiting me, and I was telling him, you know, like w- what's going on, whatever. And then they said I got hit with an NCAA rule, like I can't. They said that I couldn't take uh, more than two classes in the summertime towards mm-hmm. graduation. And you took so, four, right? Yeah. So hold on, I, hold on, hold on. Let me let me let me backtrack a little bit. Hmm? You take seven classes in the winter, two no seven classes in the fall, in the fall. of the winter, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you mm-hmm. take eight. You know mm-hmm. that alone, right there, just shows the like. And I, I'm pretty sure that gives you that showed you like yo anything can get done if you really put your mind to it. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So the fact that you was able to do that. And get think get the ball rolling, you know, and and graduate, you know what I'm saying. So now all that's done. You got all the classes lined up. The administrators give you to go, uh, give you to go ahead to get things done. 
and you're right. making this thing happen with copping or whatever the case is. And to go back to now, now you're saying that someone was saying that one of the players was saying that you decommitted from copping. Explain that situation. Yeah, so um, one day I got a call from one of the uh, guys that were seeing you there, and he was just like, yeah, you know, I heard you decommit from copping. And I'm in shock. I'm just like, wait, I never decommitted from any school. Like, what are you talking about? So um, he was just like, yeah, you know, the assistant coach told me. But the assistant coach never, like, had this discussion with me. Like, I was clueless. I didn't know anything. Right. So I ended up calling the coach. And he was just telling me, like, yeah, you know, uh, you got hit with an NCAA rule. And I'm just like, well, when was y'all going to tell me this? Tell me. Right. <laughs> so now I'm just like. Oh, uh, so like my chances of playing Division One are is shattered, and then, um, I'm like telling Coach Ray, and they're just like, "Oh, well, maybe it's just a blessing in disguise." And I'm just like, "Honestly, Coach, I ain't even trying to hear that right now." Like, right, right, right. I, you I put know, all this I, work in. Yeah, for me not to make it there, like that's crazy. So, um, I had my best friend who's into who's like uh, working to. He's in school trying to get like his. Uh, his law, his law degree. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I kind of asked, I asked him to look into the NCAA thing so we can, uh, kind of like get this, uh, situation fixed. So, um, with his help, thank God. And the, um, the guy who works at Coppin, oh man, forgot his name. He helped me as well. He worked in the building with the, mm -hmm. uh, with like all of the um the NCAA like the clearinghouse and stuff like clearinghouse oh okay. yeah so he was calling me like pretty much every day like yeah you know um we're still working on it but and, and I'm just like well why is this even a situation because I'm still graduating on time mm -hmm. like um no matter how many classes I take as long as I'm passing them right I'm, I'm getting the degree your right. your your requirement is for me to have a degree if I'm coming from a junior college I'm getting degree. How is that a violation? How is that uh, I'm taking too many classes to graduate? So you want to keep me at the junior college? No. Right. You know? Exactly. So um, it, I remember I was still taking the classes because um, I was just this close to just be like, all right, well, I guess Essex County is the end for me. So mm -hmm. I'm going to just try to finish these out. And then um, it was just one day the guy called me. He was like, all right, well, you're clear. You're clear to go. Wow. And, uh, you know, and I was just like, thank you. And then um, I think my last day at Essex County for the summer was like August 17th. I had to report the copping on the 19th. <laughs> right. <laughs> Gone. See you right. later. So then I had to hop right back into classes. Like, right. I think my first class was probably, like, on the 21st or the 22nd. It was that following Monday, I remember. Damn. So, like, for the past two, three years, it was nonstop with school. Mm -hmm. Like, I never mm -hmm. had a summer where I wasn't taking, like, any classes to help me, you know, get to copping or anything like that. So, that right there is part two if I really wanted it. Because right, I really right. did so. Right, so that that's uh that's big, man. I did not know all of the details like that, and and I know you see a lot of guys in the neighborhood, you know, in Newark or whatever the case is, you know, and just you exhibiting and sharing sharing your your journey of how you actually got to a Division One, you know, 
it's just anybody could do it. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure you would agree with that. You know what I'm saying? Because, yes. yes, you know, absolutely. there's a lot of guys that's uh, in Newark or anywhere, any part of the country, North, East Orange, mm-hmm. Texas, California, right. whatever. You know what I'm saying? People find a way to make excuses. Oh, this is too hard. You know what I'm saying? And you actually ran into a major roadblock with the NCAA when they was like, nah, we're not taking you. You know what I'm saying? Right. Exactly. So I, I just like the way that you persevere. You got it done. And uh, that's 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 really impressive, man, to, uh, to take seven classes and eight classes. I was struggling with four classes <laughs> when I was in college. Yeah. You know, I was trying to get it done. But that's and talk about how your family supported you throughout that whole situation. Um, they were extremely proud because they know that I was never a, a school person, mm-hmm. but they knew that um, I wanted to play basketball. Like, I wanted, to, I just wanted to play on ESPN. Like, I wanted to play on TV. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know what it was like to be a Division One player, like to travel mm-hmm. and to play against, you know, future draft picks and all of that stuff. And um, my parents were just very supportive of me. Um, in the in the Essex County process of going to Coppin, and, um, you know my old my old with Stefan, my older brother, was uh-huh. uh, always just telling me like yeah, you know never give up, keep going like you know this is a this is a hard time right now you know you're extremely busy but make sure you stay focused and yeah. at the time we were living in Edison I was living in Newark I lived I have um, stayed on um, in a house down the street from the school so. I was always there. Okay. I was always there. So, you know, he would always call and text me, you know, to check in on me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, my cousins were doing the same thing. And my my mom and my my father was doing the same thing as well. So, you know, they they was behind me in this whole process. And, you know, I'm, I'm very appreciative of that. Yeah, that's, that's dope, man. That's really, really good to hear, man. And I, I know your brother. I don't know him, you know, like personally, but remember him at Ramapo seemed like a good dude. I know he's a he's an officer now for uh, I think Rutgers, right? Or am I right? Rutgers North. Uh, yeah, Rutgers North. Yeah, yeah, he's an officer. Good dude, good dude. Um, so now we're gonna fast forward. You get to the big time. Here we go. Yeah. You know, so now everybody is like, Trewell is at Coppin. I'm like, Josh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, they're like, yeah, he's he's on copy, man. I said, really, you know. And then I I saw a game. I forgot who y'all played, you know. And you played well. You didn't have like a twenty point game or nothing like that. But it was just like you felt you looked comfortable. You didn't look like the it, you didn't look like the guys were too big and you didn't know what to do and you were just playing sparing minutes or whatever the case is. You played, played, played. So I'm like, yo, he really playing Division One, you know, but I didn't know the process. So talk to me how talk to me about how it was once the practices start, the academic situation, you know, working with the team, traveling, just being a part of what you always wanted to be a part of, which is be a Division One player. Okay, so um, when I got there, it was about four or five. Juco players that were from like Texas and Wyoming and just all these other places. But, um, you know, I was with a great group of guys, but I think Mm -hmm. the hardest part for me as far as basketball, um, you know, playing at Coffin was just adjusting to the style. Like 
Well, we had – it was kind of easy, but then it wasn't because mm-hmm. uh, my head coach, she, he loves to shoot. Like, he wanted he wanted us to lead the nation in three-point shots. It was the craziest okay. thing ever. A- attempts. Yes, yeah, three-point attempts. <laughs> and Right. I wish I played for him. <laughs> right. But it was – but the thing about that, though, was it was just like I, I was the shooter. We It was like three shooters. It was like 15 guys. But it was three shooters, three good shooters on the team. And mm-hmm. it was just like, you, my, my coach was like, you, you know, if you get the ball, shoot it, shoot it. Like, I don't care. But he would always come to me because he knew that I could score the ball. So mm-hmm. um, he was just like, you know, when you get the ball, you know, do what you can do, but make sure you get everybody involved. And I'm like, all right, cool. So um, we had like simple plays. It was never nothing spectacular or whatever. And um, it kind of felt like playing an open gym. Wow. Like, yeah. So That's interesting. Right. That's interesting. So um, my first game, I remember my first Division One game, we played Western Kentucky. They killed okay. us, but I didn't play. I think I had like four points. I didn't play that game. So I was kind of like, you know, I, I felt like I was at Rutgers Nork again at the time. Right, like, well, right. You know, right. why? I'm 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 playing well in practice or whatever, but why am I not playing? So um, I guess he was just getting a feel of everybody because the entire team was new. Like I think it was it was we had one big that played the year before, and he really didn't play that much. So um, the second game we played uh, University of Iowa, and I had a double double there. I had ten points. No, no, I had fourteen points. 10 rebounds and four assists. That was like my – so I, I always say that's my first official Division One game. Got but, you. Um, Got you. So, uh, you know, throughout the years we were like – I mean, throughout the uh, season we was playing like all these big-time schools and we was getting killed, but it was nice to like play on ESPN. So I was kind of like 50-50. I was just like, all right, well, I know we about to play uh, University of California and – I, Ivan Rab and all of them, they about right. to kill us. But as long as, like, I play well, right, then I'm fine. Because at that point, it was just like, um, when we played University of California, it was probably, like, the seventh of eighth game, man. So, like, everybody was just like, all right, well, we losing. We got to find a way to where we could win. But it's just like some guys didn't really care. Gotcha. So it it got to a point where it's just like, all right, like you know, we may lose, but let's try not to lose a lot, and mm-hmm. let's let's you know everybody uh, do what they can because as far as like workout wise and the the elite training that all those guys do, like we wasn't we wasn't doing that. You right? You guys didn't have access to that, and for people that don't know, Coppin State is in the MEAC, <clears throat> you know, yeah. so they're you know they don't have. The MEAC doesn't have the best facilities. They don't have a, a large endowment. They don't have, you know, an athletic facility of all, you know, a crazy arena. It's nothing like that. It's it's good basketball. You know what I'm saying? It's a historically back college, you know. Uh, but, you know, when you're playing against Iowa and California thing, and teams of that nature, those are the elite programs. Those are some of the elite programs in, in college basketball. Exactly. You know, so what what was the record that year, that first year for you there? Oh, man, it was horrible. I think we were probably like nine and 20 some. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was bad. Like um, 
it got to a point where um, it killed everybody's confidence during the non-conference games. Like we were we were playing against just these top schools. Like we played Creighton, we was playing University of California, uh, we was playing Iowa, and we was playing all these big teams, and we were losing. So then around the time when uh, it was season play, it was just like we were playing. And then uh, we'll be in the games, but ended up losing because it was just like the confidence wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So, to close um, out. right, exactly. So, um, during season play, like we were winning games. That's where I, honestly our nine wins came from with season play. Mm-hmm. But um, that year, we that year was probably actually my best year because we made it to the, I think we made it to the second round in the MEAC tournament. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was kind of, we had, we ended up beating uh, North Carolina A&T and then we lost to South Carolina State by 10. Cool. Talk about the atmosphere at playing at an HBCU. First, first I want you to talk about that. Then we have this two part question. Mm-hmm. Then I want you to just talk about, what the facilities are like, because people don't understand that, you know, these schools don't have a large uh, athletic budget. So you're not flying on a first camp, for, you know, on a private jet or, you know, on all that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So just talk about, you know, how, how that was. Okay. So um, the crowds were always great at Coppins, all the HBCUs actually. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, if nobody, don't, if anybody don't know, Coppin State is in Baltimore. It's right. my school is on North Avenue. That's where they filmed the wire at. Mm-hmm. And um, we were like across the street from uh, a mall. And if you go further down North Avenue, uh, you're in downtown Baltimore where the riot happened. And um, it's just like certain certain time, you know, at nighttime, you just you couldn't leave the campus. Gotcha. So like every day, you know, you get those those uh, university emails. Like I would get one every day saying that it's like a homicide or something like that going on. Mm-hmm. So um, but it was it was always great. It's it's like um, the crowds are great. I love the crowds, the bands, the dancers. Yeah, you know the people. You know, just so many black people just enjoying themselves. Like mm-hmm. it was never mm-hmm. really uh, any like um, like anything bad going on, except for when we play Morgan State because they're our rivals. Right. But it's like it's not even like a cop and Morgan thing. It's, it'd be like a situation that happened between like two gangs, and they just so happen to see each other at the cop and Morgan game, and. Um, you know, it it that's that's just what it was. But um for Coppin, we we actually had we we actually had a uh, a very nice arena. Our gym was really big, mm-hmm. but it wasn't off of it just wasn't off of like us getting funded. We actually won a lawsuit. Um there I forgot what the lawsuit was about, but I think we won about twenty million dollars or something. It was it was somewhere up there. It was it was a lot of million dollars. So they put it into the athletic facility. Got and you. We, and that's where uh, you sell the kids to come to Coppin because our school is literally like three buildings, two, three buildings of classrooms and like two dorms. 
gotcha. and it's the gym. So, like, if you was to recruit a kid, you say, all right, well, this is our athletic facility. Like, we got this and that, this state-of-the-art thing, and that's all from the money we lo- we won in the lawsuit. The lawsuit, But when you go to, like, Bethune-Cookman, which is on the beach in Daytona, mm-hmm. um, their gym is like a church. It's like a small church. and Wow. Um, it's like a really small campus. It, it it don't really look as good, but FAMU looks great. Howard mm-hmm. looks great because you know those are like the famous HBCUs. Huge. So they they're getting that money. But like as far as like Coppin and Bethune Cookman and uh, Dell State, it was just like oh no, Dell State is actually pretty nice. But um, you know it, it's not like a California or or Iowa or like a Kentucky. So. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we make HBCUs, we make our money off of non-conference games. Like, yes. um, we we will get a call from uh, Iowa State, in which I had 30 points against them, by the way. but Yeah, um, let them know. Let them know about yeah, that. <laughs> we played we George, George Niang and, um, yeah. Hall- and Hallis Cook from Union City. He was there. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we, we was playing a whole bunch of uh, – you yeah, guys you guys in the always NBA. had you guys always had a a game where it's like Coppin versus Wisconsin. Yeah, you yeah, know exactly. And I, I and I look and I'll be like, yo, as long as my man Josh get fifteen, I'm good. Right. Yeah. You know. And then then you, I know I'm like, but I it was already in my mind though, like they are gonna take the L. Right. Let 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 Trevor get twenty because right. now I'm looking at it different because I'm looking at I know I know you last year I was looking at it me personally like yo if he get if he averaged like 15 to 17 or 20, he averaged 20, he has a chance to play overseas. You know, he yeah, has a that, chance to make money. You know what I mean? My senior year was really a struggle. Like, yeah. really a struggle. Um, like, the coaches just stopped messing with us. They were still focused on the freshmen. It's like, the coaches were having, like, their own personal problems. Mm-hmm. Like, my assistant coach was from Seattle, so... He was like taking money out of the athletic budget to fly to see his kids, <laughs> and then we'll have a we'll have a game. We'll be warming up. He don't come until halftime. Um, what? Right. Our head coach don't talk like at all. So um, our assistant coach was pretty much the head coach, and we had um, another coach from. Um, he played at University of Miami during that whole pyramid scheme thing. Okay. And uh, um he he pretty much was just like not really off of us anymore. Like it was it was just bad. Right. So I know that that must have been a tough situation, uh, your senior year, but you managed to get through it and now just lead me into end of the season. You know, did you graduate on time or do you have to go back? How did that go? No, I, I graduated on time. I got my degree. Okay. Um, what's what you get your degree in? Criminal justice. Nice, nice. Yeah, so um, I got my degree on time, and mm-hmm. that following summer, uh, I'm just trying to figure out, like, you know, what's what's the best possible situation for me to play overseas. I signed to an agent, and uh, you know, it, it was uh, I ended up playing in the Czech Republic. I played in the NBL. It was the NBL um, and also like Champions League. We'll play like okay. some teams from Champions League. So, yeah, so that mu- that must have been a good experience, you know. And we're just gonna talk briefly about playing overseas. Just walk me through that. Your first, 
contract. You don't have to get into money or nothing like that. Just mm. signing that first contract and like, yo, I'm officially a pro basketball player. I'm getting paid money to play and I'm in a different country. I'm living in a different country. Just yeah, nothing. so my, you don't have to go 40 minutes about it. Just, you know, talk about it a little bit. Yeah, so my first contract, it was pretty good. Like, um, I signed a play for a team and, um, and in the Czech Republic and it was cool. I had fun. My first week was kind of uh, scary because I felt like I was in a, a whole nother world. Mm-hmm. And um, it was, you know, it was kind of hard adjusting to it. But when I did, every, you know, everything was great. Uh, I lived in Prague, Czech okay. Republic. And, um, yeah, it, it was it was just a great experience, you know, just to see, like, different cultures and me taking trips here and there, going to, like, Berlin, Germany, and going to Paris, doing, like, a two-week span, you know, things like that, but it was cool. I actually enjoyed myself, and um, I had two kids on my team. I was from Maryland that I'm still really cool with to this day, so it was Mm -hmm. cool. That's that's what's up, man. I know that's the ultimate goal for any, you know, college athlete that plays on the Division One, two or three level is to ultimately play overseas or playing the NBA or whatever the case is. Have you ever given the NBA any thought? Oh, yes, of course. But Mm -hmm. I think for me, it's just all about being seen because I wasn't that guy who had, like, all the connects. I don't know people like that. So Mm -hmm. it's just, like, whenever my opportunity comes and I am working on that, uh, I'll definitely be prepared for it. But I'm definitely, uh, whether it's the G League or the NBA, I'm definitely giving it, you know, I always give it thought. Like that's yeah, my don't, main goal. So. Don't ever back away from that either. Don't ever think for one minute that, oh man, it's too late. Nope. Don't ever think. Don't ever think like that. Because there's guys in the NBA who literally are rookies at some. Some of them are rookies at 30 years old. Right. Exactly. They're a rookie. A rookie at 29 years old. Right. Or they play over overseas or whatever the case is. Like. I don't know if you listened to the episode with um, Amari Knox, you know, yeah. like um, Amari, he's overseas and he's playing in Germany. He actually lives in Germany now. You know what I'm saying? He's oh, playing wow. He's playing over there in one of the, the top leagues over there. He has his own camp over there. He's like, he, he became a, a, a German citizen. Oh, so okay. he's trying to make moves to see if he can, you know, get to a G League or whatever the case is. And just hearing how things work over there, there's so much, so many opportunities for guys to take advantage of. And he clearly did that. So my point is don't give up, man. Just keep working. You got the skill set. You got the game. You got the the, the body measurements and all that, you know. Right. The, uh, so I, I hear a lot of different things, you know, from different people about different people games and, the one thing I always hear about Josh is like, they was like, well, Josh, Josh, nice, but he's soft. I never got that notion. I never got that notion from you playing basketball. You know what now, if they Now, if they say to me that he, he don't really say much, that's different. And that's but exactly not what soft, that is. But right. not soft at all. And that's exactly what it is. You know, growing up in Newark, you – everyone has that personality like it's like a rah-rah type of guy like I gotta score and scream in somebody's face right like like you know I've always been a quiet kid but I'm I'm very humble but 
you know, I, I do what I can. It's just like I ain't comparing myself to Kawhi Leonard or anything, but Kawhi don't talk. He just go out there and play. Play, right. It's kind of like that's that's pretty much like how I am uh, on the court. And, you know, playing in Newark is just like everything is uh, super aggressive and mm-hmm. rah-rah and screaming somebody's face. And it's just like, all right, well, I mean, that ain't me. But I'm still nice. Like, I can still play. Like, I play aggressive and I do all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you won't hear me say anything nope. to anybody on the court. Nope. So nope. they're just like, all right, well, he ain't like us, so he's soft. And no, it's kind of weird, no. right? Right. It, it yeah. is kind of weird because I look at it like this. Like, you watch, you see a guy's like – and I love Ant. Like, Cat Eyes, that's my guy right there. Yeah. I love his energy. Mm-hmm. But you, ta- you guys are like two opposite people in the spectrum. <laughs> Right. Like cat eye score, he's dancing. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. he's he's ready to go. You right. score is just like, yo, touch it up, let's go again. And I love cat. I just, I love his energy. I love the way he play. You know, you, you hear you often hear that he's not skilled and all this, but like you, if you're gonna play cat eye, you're gonna have to beat him. Right. He ain't gonna exactly. lay down. Right. He ain't exactly. gonna lay down. You're gonna have to beat him. Right. You know, so. At this point of the show, I usually ask guys, you know, like, what's their top five NBA player? And, um, you know, what's the, uh, you know, where you see yourself in like a year or two or whatever the case is. Whether it's, you know, have you ever given any thought about coaching or whatever the case is. So, I can go first with my top five or you can go first. Um, Yeah, you go first. So, my five is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Um. Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Charles Barkley, and Hakeem Olajuwon. You do you hold on. You do know who these people are, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. All right, because you know some people be like, "Yo, I, I don't know who, I don't nah. know who uh, Hakeem Olajuwon is." <laughs> nah, I, I, uh, I definitely um, be tuning into the Hardwood Classics and all okay, that. Okay, okay, all right, there we go. So you, you official? <laughs> yeah, you're official. So I would say. From what I've seen, from mm-hmm. actually looking and knowing everyone's story, I would say uh, Michael Jordan is number one. Uh-huh. Kobe is number two. Um, LeBron is three. Okay. Uh, Magic Johnson is four for me. And um, for some, I, I don't know. I, I love Kevin Garnett. I, uh-huh. I love that's, Kevin That's Garnett, a solid so. – he a Hall of Famer, solid – Solid pick, yeah. one ring later on in his career. Right, so I would say he's my number five. Cool. Um, I see. I see. Are we gonna talk about this trenches basketball league for a little bit, man? To wrap yeah. things up. I see you playing out there, and I love watching you play. I'm not gonna lie. I got a lot of people that that's not from the area, and they always act like, "Yo, who's this kid, Trewell?" I'm like, "Yo, he's nice. He's been nice. He just don't say nothing. <laughs> right. He's good." <laughs> Right. You know what I'm saying? So the only thing like I told you yesterday when we talked, though, my only fear is like you getting hurt. Like I don't yeah. want I don't want you to get hurt out there. Just be careful. You right. know what I'm saying? But it is very very entertaining to watch and the guy that's doing it uh Joe. Uh Joe. I don't know him. I don't know him personally, but I like his uh his confidence, man. I just right. like his confidence, whether yeah. him talking on live on Instagram. And I just love the way he's always telling, like, I will, I'm the best. I will kill right. you. Exactly. He, yeah. You know, that's 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 a ball player there. So for him to put this whole thing together and have guys playing one-on-one, it's 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 fun, man. So yeah. what, what's your thoughts on it? I mean, obviously you were playing in it. 
Um, I think it's a, I think it's a great thing for everybody, you know, to come together, you know, mm-hmm. being that this whole uh, pandemic thing happened and, you know, everybody haven't seen each other in months. Um, so I think like, you know, like everyone says, basketball brings everyone together. So, that's, that's you know, true. sports, sports in general brings everyone together. So, you know, just to have um, a little basketball, a one-on-one tournament outside and you got everybody out there and it's great vibes out there and everyone's mm-hmm. just talking and everybody's in tune with the game and there's no drama going on. And, you know, we're able to uh, have all of that in a peaceful setting. I, I think that's great. You know, yeah, I, that's a, I'd love to be a part of that. I'm, I'm happy you're a part of it. Like I said, the dude that puts that thing together, he, uh, he's, he seems like he's a nice kid, man. He seems like he's a nice dude. I think, I think they, somebody told me he played division, uh, played college basketball. I don't know where, yeah, he, he uh, went, yeah, that's my boy. I I know him since we were little. He he went yeah. to uh, he played with Tay at um, um Brookdale, and then he ended up going to UDC. Okay, okay, he, sounds he like a good with, dude. Yeah. He oh, UDC. That's Chester. in um. Um. That's, that's in, um in the CACC in DC. Yeah. That's in Bloomfield mm-hmm. Co- Bloomfield Conference. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Hopefully one day I get to uh get to bring him on, man. But I I, I think it's dope what he's doing. But like I said, Jay, gotta be careful, man. Gotta yeah, be careful. You can be, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So what's the plan in the next uh next year or two? Um, I think I'm gonna play one more year overseas and uh-huh. uh I'm gonna try to stay I'm gonna try to get into the G League and then, you know, see where I can go from there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I I think I think around this time it, now is for me to uh start excelling on opportunities because I feel like now that I could play with anybody, you know, my confidence is high as it's ever been, ever. Yes, so yes. So I feel like that I could play with anybody uh, on the court. So I, I think I deserve to, uh, you know, give it a shot. Mm-hmm. And we'll see yeah. where I go from there. Yo, I got something for you. Yeah. I got something for you, Josh. Yeah. I got something for you, Josh. My <laughs> man Al Don said, what's up? Oh uh, man, I was trying to be the one on one. I don't want that. So, Al, this, this ain't Al Josh Dom, from no. Al Don Muhammad said, What's up, man? He said, You've been ducking him for the past six years. I'm, I'm starting stuff. He said, You've been ducking him. Hey, Al, man, I told him, man. He, he like, Josh, like, Nah, I can't deal with Al, bro. I will kill Al. <laughs> Yo, you can't you can't be saying that, Jay. You can't be saying that. Yo, I love I love I love y'all both. You are out. That's my dude. Cause I, you know what I used to do? I used to tell Al down, I'm like, yo, Josh Trevor are better than you. The only reason the only reason you playing is because they not playing him. <laughs> you know, he'd be like, man, he a freshman. And right. I don't know if you remember, every time you was on scout team, you used I to was smoke killing him. Killing him. Kill I'm like, yo, y'all gotta find a way to play this dude, man. All right. I used to be killing them. When I see uh uh Fa a couple yeah. times, he always talk about that. Like, man, he used to kill <laughs> us, man. Crazy. Yeah, man. But uh Al, man, we you know, we we'll figure something out, man. I'm trying to get Al a matchup, you know, but he, he said, you know, he said he'll play whoever. I said, all right. I, I can give him a matchup for sure. Yo, we, yo, that's you know what? You got the word. It's your man that running. We got to get. I, I said this is what I said. I'm gonna tell you what I said and tell me if you agree with me or not. I said Al Don versus Tay. That's what I said. 
That's a good one. Yeah, that's like a good that. match. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, and I'm gonna tell you why that's a good matchup. They both work out every day, right? right. You know, so Al ain't play nobody. Where you know, like if he win, they'd be like, "Well, he don't play no more." You know right. what I'm saying? Exactly. Tay, Tay playing somebody that that work out. That'd be a nice matchup. They sure, yeah. That is a you know, matchup. So you you do your you do your research, your homework. You talk to the homie. And, 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 you know, I'm going to try to see – I'm still trying to work on Al jump shot, but it's hard, man. <laughs> right. You know, you know, he, 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 you know it is you like You got a hitch in the shot. He shoot like he, it hurt. Yeah, he shoot like it hurt. But uh, mm-hmm. and I, I want this is, what I want, this is what I wanted to tell you about uh, your game. Like, I'm, I'm not critiquing your game and all like that. Like, I just like the, the jab, the jab step, the, 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 the shot fake. You don't use a lot of dribbles, man, and that's impressive, yo. And that's, you know, I don't know if you deal with young kids or whatever, but if you do, please stress that to them. No, Less I is do, more. actually. Yeah, Less I, is I more. I coach AU. I coach right. AU. So, you know, I always – the kids that I do have, I always tell them that, you know, creating space is probably the most important thing as far mm-hmm. as, like, trying to score. You know, being that I'm I'm 6'6", six, six, so um, it's easier for me to create space and get to my spots because I'm strong as well. Right. And I know how to use my moves. And, you know, when, I, uh, when I'm coaching, I always, you know, uh, tell the kids, like, you know, um, it's, it's better to start now because I wish I was as good as I am now in high school. Right, right, right. Um, so, yeah, and I, I think your jump shot has gotten really, really better. I don't know how often you, you, you shoot, you know, but it, it seems like you're shooting a lot. But I always tell people because, you know, I was a shooter. You got to mm-hmm. shoot. You got to shoot it. I tell people, if you can't shoot, you can't play. Right, exactly. You know, you, you can play, but you, you know, your value can yes, waver. Mm-hmm. But if you can shoot that basketball, you, you become an asset, man. You know what I'm saying? And right. uh, it, it, it's, it was good talking to you. You know, you, this is your time to shout out anybody you want to give a shout out to. You know, just go ahead. I, yeah, I, I want to shout out the uh, Trenches Basketball League, man. Mm-hmm. I, I ain't gonna lie. I thought, you know, at first that it was gonna be, it was gonna turn into something that it just didn't. Right. But you know, it, I I just like the fact that it's just bringing the community together. Like it's not even just Newark. It's it's Patterson. It's East Orange. It's West mm-hmm. Orange. It's, it's it's people. People are coming from all over. Like people are coming from uh, Philly, Connecticut. Connecticut, yeah. Yeah. So you know, this this thing has become. Uh, much bigger than I I think anybody has ever thought it would be, and that's perfect, man. You know, I'm all for it. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just want to you know want to thank Anchor, you know, allowing me to do this once again. Uh, shout out to my man Rome O, Fonz, Dean. Uh, anybody I'm forgetting? Al Don, what's up, dog? I know you're gonna be like, yo, you don't never say nothing about me. You know, um, and just my family, man, my 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 lady, my my sons, Dion Jr., Josh, and Lauren. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Right, you know yeah. what I'm saying. Um, and go ahead, man. You want to wish your father Happy Father's Day, man? Yeah, man. He's he's in the kitchen now. No fever in the back, but he's he loves to he loves to cook his chef. So okay, you know, happy happy Father's Day to him for sure. And uh, you know, I'm just very grateful that he's still here because yeah. you know the that situation, man. COVID nineteen, that thing is real. Yes, yes, it, it is. It really man. is. It really is real, and it's probably one of the hardest moments in my life. So 
Well, you yeah, got you got this back to normal, and you was able to get through it because you got through what you got through with going to Essex County. Believe it right. or not, bro, right. that's the reason you comes into play. Yeah, yeah. So you know what it is to grind it out and not have free time and not be able to go to a party and not be able to hang out with your friends. I got eight <laughs> classes. I'm a holler at y'all. Right. You know what exactly. I'm saying? Yeah. So, like I said, man, I appreciate you. Great talking to you, man. And yeah, um, you know, if if you know when when we open back up at Nork Academy, you're more than welcome. I always tell you that. You know, I tell you all the yeah. time. Wherever I'm at, coaching, you're good. Come through, yeah. shoot, whatever. Work with my guys. Do your thing. Work out, whatever, man. Right. You know what I'm yeah. saying definitely for sure. Um, thanks again. All right. All right. No problem. Appreciate you. Thanks, Josh. Yep. All right.